You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, I don't know. I just thought of something funny. I get confused on which guest is going to be this week. And we started doing an intro and realized Ryan looks at me and says, Wrong guest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wrong guest. It's funny how different guests act in terms of people are busy. I'm not. It's just funny how some people are really incredibly professional and on time and this. I think most people strive to do that. Mm Mm-hmm to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes things happen. Well, things get a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> and uh, uh, this uh, this guest was, it was a lot of fun. It was one of those things where he actually messaged me a, a few weeks ago and was like, yeah, I might uh, yeah, love to come on the show again if you need a guest. He's just really cool. I fucking freaking, <laughs> I don't want to F-bomb, but. And um it was funny because I was like, yeah, man, of course. I'd love to have you. You got a new show. You're doing things. You're a funny guy. You're a big comedian. And so I, you know, I was like, great. How about this date, you know, 1030. And then a week before, he's like, hey, are we, are we doing this, Mike? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 1030 next week. 1030. On that, oh, great. And uh, so uh, then we get to the day and I'm sitting here with Ryan and I'm like, I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, you know, again, when you're busy, you don't, if you don't write things, if I don't write something down, Ryan, in my calendar, if I don't write it on the whiteboard, if it's white, it, if, if, <laughs> if it's, if I text myself, forget it. Cause you know, the texts keep going down as people text you and you, it's gone. If you email it, I have a better chance of remembering and then writing it down and putting it in the calendar. I'm a one man squad sort of here at the house. So it gets, I lose shit. So I understand. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, 15 minutes pass and uh i i call him i actually didn't have his number but one of my friends gave me it but i had his email i mean we're, we're you know we're buds mm-hmm. and uh and he's like he calls me he's like hey mate i'm like yeah how you doing he's like this is this now i'm like yeah yeah we're, we're gonna do the uh, yeah right my uh, you know i just woke up and uh let's jump in the shower you know clean off and uh give you a call <laughs> it was great <laughs> He wasn't ultimately really that late. He wasn't, you know, he was just, you know, he's just so funny. He's naturally, I always say there's certain people that you look at and you're like, he's just funny. I think I say that to him in the beginning of the interview. You do, yeah. I found myself laughing a lot. I don't laugh a ton, right? He had some good stories. He has some good stories, Jim Jeffries. And you're right, it's the accent and it's just his general appearance. And everybody, yeah, and everybody always wants to do the Australian accent, the English accent. We're Americans, we can't always do it. He's like, hey, hey, hey. But uh, I went to Australia a few times, and we talk about that. But uh, just want to say thank you to everybody out there who's listening. I do it every week. But the the patrons, uh, you're unbelievable. Thank you for joining Patreon. Thanks for uh, giving extra support to the podcast. And uh, again, if you don't know what Patreon is, join it. Go to the Inside of You podcast on Patreon, and um, there's tiers, and you get questions with me, and you get to ask guest questions, and you get... YouTube lives and discounts on merch on the online store and conversations with me. And it's a lot of fun, man. It's a big community. It's it's people are just really loving it. It's a family. You can see in my room on the couch where Ryan's sitting, we got uh, inside you pillows that uh, Kristen uh, made for me and Leah. And look at this pillow over here inside of you. Look at with all the names of guests. It's pretty incredible. I got you know, this is, um, uh, look at this. This is, Emily made me this. And, Ooh. you know, I have these things. I keep them, you know. Uh, I think they're really nice. When people make me things, it just makes me happy. And, you know, I, like I, I'm a fan. I have, I have posters. And, and, and uh, anyway, we, we know all these things. Uh, this Saturday coming, uh, the 29th of August, Rob Danson and I will be playing another stage at our monthly stage that we just do one. And uh, we got some new covers that are awesome. We got some originals that you haven't heard. Play some Left and Laurel songs. There's some Zoom calls for winners, top bidder prizes, all that shite. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, anyway, it's, it's so funny because right now I'm texting with Dula, name drop, Dulé, Hill, and James Roday. And uh, James Roday Rodriguez, sorry, changed his name back to his surname, original mm-hmm. surname, which is amazing. And um, But they're coming on the podcast, so... Uh, thanks for all the support. I love you guys. It means a ton to me. Um, we're going to just keep on uh, keep on rocking. Great news coming up, coming soon. I can't wait to express that with you. But please follow us on all the uh, social media, on Instagram, at Inside You Podcast, um, at Inside You Pod on Twitter. And um, 
write a review, all that stuff. Email your friends, tell everybody. Just want to keep growing this thing and just want to keep being real and open to guests. I feel like, you know, somebody said, you're like a, someone, you're like a listener. You, you ask questions that people will, would, would want to ask. He's, and, and he's like, you, you kind of dumb it down. I'm like, what does that, what does that mean? That's he's backhanded. Like, no. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. You're just, you say things like a, like a kid wants to know. Like, you're just curious. And I go, okay, I like that. That's kind of how I feel. I just kind of want to, you know, anyway. All right. So thank you. Right now, this guest, he, he's, uh, he sells out all over the world. <laughs> sells out. Sells out uh, stadiums all over the world. Big comedian. You've seen him on everything. Uh, he's working on a new TV show that's going to be coming out. He's got a new podcast to talk about. Um, he's awesome. He's hilarious. Let's get inside of Jim Jeffries. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You know, I, I know why you're successful. I know why you have all these shows and all these, you, you stand up around the world. Because you just look at you and you just, there's something... I don't know. Like your next special should be called "Innocent Looking but Fucked Up." <laughs> you just look like you're such a like you have this gentle face, like the this sweet look on your face, but you're up to fucking no good, Jim. I know it. I'm like a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> you mean a garbage pail kid? Yeah, I'm a garbage pail kid. Whatever happened to them? I know. Uh, yeah, let's reminisce about that and all the stuff that went on. How are you, my friend? Anyway, you enjoying quarantine? <laughs> I'm making the most of it, man. I've been in and out of, uh, in and out of, uh, sort of anxiousness, you know, a lot of anxiety, a little, little depression, but mostly, you know, good. The, the busier I am, man, the busier I am. Is that, is that how you're doing? You're busy. Yeah. I, you know, you go up and down. I, I, I either like doing a lot of work or no work. So this sort of middle ground is, isn't good for me. Because you know, it's 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 still people saying, "Oh, turn in this or write this script or do something like that," and so you still have you still have that feeling of anxiety where you've got homework looming over you. You know, it doesn't feel like a holiday. You know, no. so did you do homework as a as, and when you were young? Were you always the guy who like I was? Honestly, I'm not just trying to say I was the guy who tried to get out of it. I was the guy who tried to cheat. I was the try the guy who was like you know the smart kid, be friends with that guy. Uh, I would always right. try to get by because I never thought I was very smart or that I could do it on my own. Yeah, I um, I didn't. I've never studied or anything like that. I've never been that bloke who who put the time in. You know, I, I wish I, I I wish I could tell you that I was a more conscientious person, but I was bloody hopeless. I was. And uh, I'm going to try this charger. Got it. All right. I reckon I'm good now. Can you still see me? Is that your screening room? Yeah. Dude, that's you know I thought I had a cool screening room and it's just a couch and a big screen, but that's a that's a real deal. That's like somebody came in there from AMC and did your shit. First of all, you know, because you it's funny because you communicate through Instagram. That's sort of how in a lot of ways. I mean, you're like, hey man, hey mate, this is easier for me. Just like you know, oh, you, you know, I'll do the podcast, mate. So, is that a bad Australian accent? <laughs> It's not bad, not bad Australian accent. Yeah. So you're, you're, I'm like, you're like, yeah, what time? I'm like, uh, I don't know, ten thirty. Great. Uh, you want the day? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just like, and then so right before you come on, my editor here, Ryan, my engineer, he's like, he knows to come on, right? He's gonna, you know, I go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where Jim Jeffries is. Like, look, I don't know you that well. I've never really hung out with you. I'd love to hang out with you. It worries me that like, I'm, I'm, I, it's unpredictable. I usually, you know, those days of hanging out with people who go get, you know, shit faced and all that. I don't know exactly if you do that, but there's that maybe preconceived thought. If, am I going to get in trouble if I'm with Jim? Or is Jim going to just like, no, mate, we're just going to go for a burger? Uh, I think there's there's a myth about me that you're going to get wasted and there's going to be drugs involved and all that type of stuff. And that myth is was perpetuated by me. I put that all out there. So, so, so when I when I get like when I start working on a for, for a new network or something like that, and they they really talk to me like, you know, you're gonna behave right. And I'm actually a pretty well behaved bloke who's done some things. Most of my parting was done in my twenties. You know, I mean, we were forties now, and so so I. I 
you know, I've only got myself to blame. But yes, that, that could happen. We could get shit faced, but probably we'll be fine. Probably. So I wouldn't be in any danger, most likely. Oh no, I never get arrested or anything like that. You're all fine. It's very, very safe. And good. My, my main vice these days is I like an edible every now and again, and I, I enjoy I enjoy magic mushrooms, and I do them about once every two weeks and that's not really a shit-faced scenario is it that's a i've met a lot of in fact women who you you know you get on a dating app or whatever and you know you you kind of you don't want to interrogate but you want to find out you know is this a party person is this a whatever and then they're like you know it always comes down to well i like the edibles i'll have a mushroom every once in a while like you know every other day but uh i mean I, I had a bad experience on mushrooms and I never did it again, but I'm wondering if I should because a lot of people say it could be fantastic. It's a wonderful, it's wonderful. I don't, I don't do hard drugs. I haven't done hard drugs in a very, very long time. And uh, I'm glad about that because they used to make me so depressed the next day. And alcohol makes me so depressed the next day. And mushrooms, I have no depression on afterwards, none. And so that for me is, I'm really, I'm really thinking about tomorrow more than the experience in the moment, I guess. But like, I, I, it's one of these things with mushrooms you can have, you, you take them for eight hours and you'll have seven hours that are wonderful. And then there's about 15 minutes in there that where you just go, oh, I never did anything with my life. I could have been a better son. Oh, God. I should apologize to this person I fucked over when I was 18. You know what I mean? Like those things come and haunt you. But you never do that. You never, in the middle of mushrooms, go, I'm going to call, you know, Sally. And Well, I always I always speak to a friend of mine, and they'll always go, you're fine. You're worrying about nothing. Everything's good. You're not a terrible person. You go, I'm not. And then, you know, the next day they go, you are a terrible person. But we felt like in that moment we had to protect <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, see, here's the thing. You know when your friends are like, oh, man, try this joint. Here, just take a hit. It's really good. I go, no, no. Because then you take a hit off that joint and you're looking in the mirror going, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) So I don't trust those guys anymore. So I have to get the right amount. So if someone goes, hey, just try mushrooms. Now, mushrooms might be right. That amount might be perfect for Jim Jeffries. But I take it. It might put me over the edge. I'm a lightweight. So how do I know? Like little amounts, little amounts, little amounts until you hit your ceiling. You know what I mean? That's why the whole weed thing, like remember the wild west of, marijuana when people made edibles and you'd have a brownie and you'd have no idea how much was in it and yep. you're just like all right off we go and now you get these little blueberries and they say five milligrams and you're like okay and then it'll take 10 Will you take 20 <laughs> i always take 20 is, is my sort of entry level i take 20 milligrams and then sit back and then i just eat like an asshole you know then that's it have you gained any weight in quarantine no i think i probably you know I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not bragging about it, but the only thing I've done is like, I'm trying to work out every other day, but I started, I got stressed because my dog is a little sick and it's, he's old and it's like all these things start coming at you and you're alone. I'm alone a lot, but I, you know, I started smoking a little bit, cigarettes, not good. No. Not good. And I'm not doing it a lot, but it's not good. You you smoke? No. Say. Don't don't touch it. Yeah. I don't do anything else really, but I'm like, oh, why, why you do, I'm sitting there. I'm not even enjoying the cigarette. I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. That's the worst of all the habits. That one. Oh my God. I wish I never touched one of those things. You smoked for a long time. I have, I have done, but I don't any longer. Don't touch them. I had a doctor tell me once, he's like, uh, you smoke? I go, oh, well, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe a pack, two packs tops a week. He's like, oh, that's nothing. That's, that's not going to bother you. I'm like, really? Like, why did he tell me that? Why did he say that was okay? Well, you know those ones where, where you answer the doctor. This is the problem with the American healthcare service. They go, how many cigarettes do you have a, a week? How many drinks do you have? And then you're like, you, you go, well, I should answer this honestly because this could save my life. But I don't want to answer honestly because it might make my premiums go up. And, I, you know, when I, when I get my final acting job, I'll never be able to get healthcare because I was honest. So I'll just risk cancer and tell a lie right now. <laughs> Do you have any back problems? No. Michael, you have seven back surgeries. You put no here. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have back problems now. <laughs> I, I once, when I first came to America, I had to get private health care because I didn't, you know, I didn't have health care here. And I just had to pay for it. And I was like, not a citizen and all that type of stuff. And so I thought, I'll be honest, because I, I, I'm a pretty healthy person. I've got no, you know, main big problems and i said oh, I've, I've had a few hemorrhoids in my life and one hemorrhoid surgery which isn't pleasant 
And I said, uh, and I said, and I've been on and off antidepressants um, for about ten years, but I haven't taken them for the last four years, you know. But I suffer from depression. And then they came back and they were like, "You have to pay like six hundred bucks a month for healthcare." And I was like, "You fucking what?" Because I've never been in a country that didn't have public healthcare, you know. And so, so I was like, "Why?" And they said, "Oh, because you suffer from depression." And I go. But the end result is I kill myself and you don't have to pay for that. It's not like it's not like it's not like I've got an ailment that's gonna keep getting worse and I'll have to be put into traction and all this type of stuff. It's like it, there's only two ways this can go. I didn't either get better or it won't. I didn't know that when you fill those little questionnaires out, that's for insurance. I'll tell you what, when I had the hemorrhoid surgery, right, I, they put me on a on a triangle uh like foam pillow this big triangle thing so your ass is right in the air and then they <laughs> they put it they put they 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 shave your asshole and uh they give you the, the gas that you're about to be knocked out the anesthesia right and just it's one of those times that you don't want to be recognized right and just as, just as I'm, I'm going down just as i'm about to go into that sleep one of the nurses sticks and my head's in like a massage chair hole you know like a oh, yeah. forward and and uh, this, this nurse, she ducks her head underneath and she looks at me and she goes, my boyfriend's your biggest and then I fall asleep. And I'm like, what are the chances that that lady isn't going to go back to, to her boyfriend and go, oh, we looked up Jim Jeffrey's asshole. It was filled with pops and fucking warts. And- <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I, I would think. I would think that's what, oh, my God, they're going to go tell him. What a dirty asshole I have. Somehow yeah, my yeah, asshole, I, yeah. my asshole lips are bigger than anyone else's. Yeah, like Jim Jeffries has a huge prolapsed asshole that we had to do surgery on. And you're like, ah, all right. And then you can't sue her because then, then the attention's really everywhere. <laughs> well, I find that's why I mention things like this on podcasts. It's nice to have those things just out in the open so, you know, they're, they're out of the way. Yeah. Do you go to the doctor a lot? Are you a guy that goes, are you sort of a hypochondriac? Are you worried you see a mole? I see a mole like on my leg. I'm like, oh, that's weird. That wasn't there uh, before. No, I, I, like, I don't think I overly go. I go a few times a year to the doctor. I, I try to get a physical and all that type of stuff. But my, my mother used to go to the doctor every week. Every week she had a standing appointment with the doctor. She'd go every Thursday, even if she had nothing wrong with it. She was just like... She was like a rusty old car that they kept on tinkering with and just kept it on the road. And she would go in and, you know, and, and so I, I, I think, I think because of that, I've, I've purpose, purposely made myself not a hypochondriac where I can go, you don't want to live your life like that, constantly worrying. So maybe I don't worry enough about my health. You know, my mother did that too, but my mother, even to this day, it's like she's going, like someone just died. She's like, I'm getting my mammogram, Michael. I, I'm just so scared. Just will you pray for me? I'm just really I'm like, Mom. And I got for years. I would kind of you know console her and go, Hey, you know it's going to be great. Your boobs, your breast, they're going to be everything's going to be fine. You know. And and then now I'm like, Mom, fuck off. We do this every time. And it's the one time I yell at her. It's fucking something horrible is going to happen. But she's, she's always hypochondriac. So I think I developed some of that. And now I'm backtracking. I'm, I'm sort of like, Hey. I went to the dentist once this year. That's enough. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to get a prostate exam. I got my first prostate exam at 48. Probably should have got a little earlier. You know, I didn't like it once a year, man, or, or whatever. I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to the doctor all the time. My mother used to go every Christmas. She used to, she, she is, my mother has passed away, but like before she passed away, every Christmas she went, she went, this will be our last Christmas together. <laughs> We had about 10 years of this. I don't think I'll be around <laughs> for the next Christmas. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then, like, maybe 15 years ago, I got a phone call at the Edinburgh Festival, and I get a phone call from my dad saying, your mum's not well, and then mum was there saying that she, she may not make it through the night. I had the family doctor say, oh, no, she might not make it through the night, you know? And... Uh, uh, I was like, oh no. And so I, I canceled all my shows and I got in a plane and I flew for 24 hours and not knowing, because you couldn't turn your phone on, not knowing what was going to happen. I flew from 24 hours from London to Sydney, stopping off in Hong Kong. And then I got there 
and I rush from the from the airport into a cab and I get to the hospital. She's sitting upright on the iPad. Oh, I, they, they, there's nothing wrong with her. The bloody <laughs> the, 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 the doctor goes to me. He goes, "Oh, her spirits really picked up when she heard you were coming." So when when she when she was dying, when she was dying, and uh, I was here in America when that happened. They ring me up going, oh, she's got about 48 hours. And I went, are you sure? It's a long flight. Because I've done this before. Did you give her grief when you saw her when she was alive? Or you're like, oh, I, yeah, there was definitely, I definitely said, next time you better be bloody dead. So I sat in economy for 24 hours. <laughs> oh, did she get upset with your humor? I mean, because you talked about your family, you talked openly about stuff. Did she ever say, oh, I didn't do that? Or she was, I mean, we talked about it in the last time you were here a long time ago, but I mean, because she, she was so loving and amazing, but then she could be violent, right? Yeah, my, my, my mother, my mother, uh, the best thing she ever did, the best thing she ever did for me uh, is she never complained about any jokes I made about her. It was, it was, it was unbelievable because she was such a strict parent. And then, you know, especially having, especially having a comic like me as your son, it could be a stressful thing. You know, someone who talks about, you know, like having sex with women, taking drugs and then tells nasty stories about their child and all that type of stuff it can't be fun for a parent to watch do you think her, her friends like imagine like she was just with her friends you're not around and one of her friends is like what's her name what was her name carolyn carolyn she's like carolyn it's like is, is he wrong about that is that true is that true and would she like would she I've scoff had, like no no i've had family members who have stopped talking to my parents for not not for a long amount of time but you know six months or whatever stopped talking because there's dumb shit that i said on stage <laughs> and she never said anything about it like this is the reason i don't have, hang out with caroline oh yeah yeah no no there's a few people like you should be ashamed of your son so I, I told a story about my grandmother i told a story about my grandmother and one of my uncles were very upset about it what was it what was it i'm not going to tell it because the family's back together if i tell it again if i tell it again i'll get in more trouble that was like a big sticking point the story was only partly true. You know, I embellished it for stage purposes. And then, oh, God, the well, fallout from that. Well, come on. I'm not Joe Rogan. It's not like a million people are going to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you're not Joe Rogan. None of us are. He, he's, he's the biggest man in... Uh, He's, he's, he's got to be bigger than Howard Stern now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, he, he's, he's done it forever. People think, oh, you know, what, what this guy... This guy's been busting his ass for years, man, with the stand-up, with the WWE, with all that shit, and the podcast for, you know, now all of a sudden the, the, the pandemic. I'm glad I was pre-pandemic. I was doing this podcast before any of this hit, and all of a sudden the pandemic hit, and every fucking actor out there, I got a po I'm looking at people, I'm like, you have a podcast? You have a billion dollars. You don't, what are you doing? Well, I, I, which brings me to, I started a podcast in the pandemic. <laughs> I know, I, I know, but you, yeah, but you, but listen, you've also had talk shows. You've had, and this, I've, had I've had a few podcasts right. before, but this one, this one's called, I don't know about that. And it's about, it's not guest related. We have guests on specialists. And what we do is we, we pick a subject every episode. And then I say everything I know about it. I don't know about the subject before we go in. I say everything I know about this particular subject. And then, the the guy that the, the expert will correct me on what I've got wrong. It's basically what life was like before the internet when you were in a bar and you met someone <laughs> and they just told you things and you had to believe that they were telling the truth. I love and, it. And, I, I watched it. And if they're not telling the truth, you just go, oh, I don't know about that, and you walk away. <laughs> and that's what you, you know, I saw I saw one with Jay Leno and it was hilarious because you were like, I don't know a lot about calls or whatever, and you're like, you know, it's like how many calls do you have? I was over. He's like, oh, 190. 190. So, and you're like, do you drive them every, uh, do you drive them all, uh, each one every, a year? And he's like, yeah. And you're like, you're a liar. There's, there's not enough days in the year for you to drive all these cars. And you guys started going, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Jay was, Jay was a good sport. He, that's the problem with podcast days. Like Jay Leno rang me up to congratulate me on my, on my, oh, God, where are you going? No, on my special. He said, oh, "I just, hey, I just watched your special. It was really, I can't do the impersonation, right?" And uh, <laughs> and then you you do that thing. That's the problem with podcasting. You can lose a lot of friends because it's like being a person who sells Amway products. You know what I mean? It's like it's like 
It's like, oh, hey, why are you there? Do you want to do my podcast? You're just bothering people all the time. Yeah. Part of the reason oh. why I just wanted to have professors so that I didn't have to bother comedians <laughs> with asking them all the time. I would come on if I'm big enough. If you want me to come on, I'd come on anytime. Come on. Well, I what would be your specialty? I don't know. I'd think about it. Smallville? Har- Har- what? Smallville? Would you do Smallville? Is that big enough? <laughs> Is that my specialty, Smallville? Yeah, that, that's what you know more about than... Well, I know a lot about horror movies. Ah, horror movies. There you go. Is that There's boring, one. though? Is that boring talk? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, horror movies. Uh, 80s music, 80s cheesy rock, 70s light rock, 80s music. You like music from the 80s. 70s and 80s, but I, I'll go one further. I go like, I mean, I, I'll listen to some Air Supply. I'll listen to some Glenn Fry. you know. Are you gonna stay with the one who loves you? I'm a 60s and 90s. All right, 90s too. I love the 90s. I like a little 90s cheese. Come on. I'm Edie Brickell. Yeah, I'm a... I'm a I like I like your Nirvana and your and your Oasis and uh, I like all that. I found it the other day. I was I was reading something. Do you know that that Canada only discovered that they had diamonds in the 1990s? That's the most Canadian thing ever. Like in the <laughs> 1990s, they didn't know until they like they're one of the biggest diamond producers in the world, right? They found it. I was watching a documentary and they found out in the 1990s that they had diamonds. That means that like when they found diamonds in the background, Wonderwall could have been playing. You know what I mean? Like, like oh look, I just found this sparkly rock. I better get home and find out what's happened with Ross and Rachel. <laughs> even more, even more so, if they discovered diamonds a lot earlier, maybe the dollar, the U.S. dollar, wouldn't be double of what theirs is. <laughs> maybe it'd be even, or they'd be Jesus. The nineties. That that's good. I like that. Uh, I'm also the opinion with music. I don't want any more music. I don't. I don't want any more new stuff coming in. I agree with you. I've got enough songs. I don't need any more songs. Once you know the lyrics for about 2,000 songs, that's you done. You don't need any more songs. Everybody just needs 2,000 songs they like, and that's all the music that anyone should ever watch. You know what? We are fucking parents because I honestly almost can't name five songs from 1999 to now. I couldn't name. I'm not kidding. Like I'm not saying there's not some good songs, but the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe a little... At least it, you could differentiate. You could say, "Boom! This is where we are." This is where, it feels like everybody's got a beard and tight pants now, and uh, top hats, and it's like the, the Amish are making music. I love the Amish. They're not going to listen to this. It's not going to bother. <laughs> the, the last new band I got into, the last new band that I bought albums for, is the Killers. <laughs> and when was that? That was about two thousand five. All right, so, really yeah. That was the last new band I really got into. Maybe 2000, maybe 2000 around then, yeah. Now, is the music just worse, Is honestly, or are we just the same thing as our parents were? I'm just setting my way. I'm just an old man who's just like, you bloody kids with your loud rock and roll and just stupid things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the equivalent of like our grandparents when the Beatles came out, just listening to Frank Sinatra going, what is this garbage? It sounds like noise. It's loud. Yeah, yeah. What are you, honestly, what, what? You know, because I honestly, when I'm in the car, I'll listen to Ambrosia, 10CC, The Hollies, Chicago, to just chill me out. Where other people need loud, I, I need something that's calming. What do you listen to? I listen to The Beatles and Crowded House in my car. Dude, I love Crowded House. <laughs> I love Crowded House. What was that song? Like- what was the one song that I loved? What's the one song that you love? Well, the one song, it was their big song. It was kind of a love song. What the, hey now, hey now. Yeah. Dream it's over. That was a big song. There is your freedom within. Yeah, Ariana Grande and your Miley Cyrus did a duet of that. And I remember, like, like liking it and then going, oh, oh nobody, nobody better know about this. I had to listen to it in private in my car. I wouldn't turn it on with someone else. Because I got a Tesla, it has a channel. So I had an Ariara Grande and Miley Cyrus channel. And I was like, oh, God, how do you delete this thing? I had to put in other channels to make it go to the bottom of the list. You seem like someone who wouldn't care about what people thought. And that's what you do? Ah, uh, you know, you, 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 you got to. There's some some things. I have my limits. Ariana, my limits. Ariana Grande. That's your limit. I got to. No one can see this. Yeah, my brother uh, went and saw. Uh, uh, Taylor Swift in concert a couple of times. I like her. Daughter. 
with his daughter. And then I think he secretly became a fan because he went so many times with his daughters. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> you, they, these things can sneak up on you where you're like, oh, no, I like this music now. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not taking back what I said, but I think that if we probably gave some things a chance, we, we might like them. Of course we would. But it's also, it's like... I, I don't need it though. I've got enough songs. I, I'm sure 2000. There, there has to be good music coming out, but it's like, what's the what's the point of it? What's, and also, the songs don't. All music is related to happier times in your life, right? So when you're young and you're out and you're trying to meet girls in nightclubs and stuff like that, that song resonated. And when you graduated college, that was the music, but all the parties that you listened to. Yeah. And when you, you know, what I mean, I don't have any big events anymore. I don't want to remember any of this. I don't need songs. Dude, I swear to God, Jim, I, I, it, it, I, I know it's layman's terms and it seems very simple to what you just said, but it's, it, it just hit me. That's exactly what it is. If I think of uh, Metallica's Black Album, I think yeah. I'm on the thir- at 13th Street living with my buddies in a little shithole. We're paying 100 bucks. We're having a keg party. We're charging everybody $3 for Milwaukee's Best. And we're going to make enough money to go to Murray's the next morning to have a grilled cheese sandwich. And my friend takes, my roommate takes the black album out and goes, I go, what are you doing, man? People are enjoying it. He goes, we already listened to it. I go, put it back in, put the Metallica back. And he's got, I got, he's got a, he's got a, a cup of beer and I've got a pitcher and he looks at me and he's just like, no, we're not fucking playing any Metallica. People are tired of hearing. I go, the party's just starting. It's a new album. Play, play it. And I just, he just throws the fucking beer in my face. And I'm like, you motherfucker! And I throw a pitcher of beer in his face. He didn't know I had a pitcher, and my and we're just standing there. We've never raised our voices with each other, and we're about to fight each other. And my other roommate comes up and goes, "What the fuck are you doing? You're friends. It's Metallica." And then we put the Metallica back in for one more play of the whole album, and that was it. But I remember certain. You're right. Certain moments in my life were happiness and like true by Spandau Ballet playing at Emil Camacho's house, and we're dancing and. And now I think about like music and I'm like, well, I'm sort of depressed, anxious. I don't know what's happening. We're in a pandemic. I don't want to remember this song. No, you don't want to remember this song. And nobody, nobody hears it, you know, like when, even when you have it like a kid, the music, the modern music of the time isn't that. You're always playing them songs that you know so you can sing to them and stuff like that. I feel like everything stops when you have a child as well. So when, when, you, when you become a parent, you don't buy new clothes anymore. You just, that's the outfit you're wearing. That's the day it stops. Like my, my father still wears a baby blue pair of shorts that have pockets on the front of them and they have a belt buckle where the belt's also blue. I, and he, yeah. I wear shorts and, and a t-shirt every day. I have no class. Oh, quarantine. I mean, underwear. Are you in underwear right now? I'm just sitting in underwear and a t-shirt in me, in me screening room. <laughs> Holding me, holding me phone because my computer Wi-Fi wasn't working properly. I had a whole thing set up. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the you know inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing, Shopify. I can't think of anyone else that would do this. Uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you wanna add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro. And Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. 
Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother. And she's starting to notice the differences mm-hmm. in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and, and she couldn't think clearly. And, and you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago. And they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger, I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You've done, you have, how many, we, we have four specials on Netflix now? You've had four? Four specials on Netflix. I had one special on HBO, one that was on Showtime, one that was on Epics and one that I independently made. Um, so I got I got eight specials all up. Jesus Christ! And you have a, and you have another show that they're developing called Jeffries. Is that still in development? Well, it got put on hold. We were we were one week out from filming. We with the sets were built and the cast was cast. And I, I this just shows the 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 lack of power of the human brain. I, I was, it was a multi-game sitcom, so I'd, I'd learned the script. Like, I was, like, just reading it every day. Like, I want to be prepared. I don't want to show up and be an idiot. Because, you know, also that thing being a comedian and working with someone like you, who's a real actor, we always get very, like, oh, we don't want to look stupid. You know, I know I can be funny on film, but I, I don't want to seem unprofessional. So, and I don't really know what the protocol is. So I try to overstudy, you know, what I'm about to do. And, and uh, so I was practicing and practicing and practicing and reading it every night. And then like about a week ago, I was like, huh, maybe the show will get, you know, the show isn't canceled. It might happen tomorrow. It might happen in six months or whatever. So I went, oh, maybe I should uh, practice some of the lines, you know, couldn't remember one of them. All gone. I have to start from scratch. <laughs> it's, uh, did- I, did that, I did that back in February and now my brain just went, oh, we don't need that information. Just flicked it out. That's why it's like, what is the point of going to college and studying for four years? You don't remember anything. All you, no one remembers anything. Every, everyone only remembers enough stuff for the exam, and then they do it, and then it's over. 
It doesn't like like a doctor isn't going. Oh, I remember in second year of med school in a third lesson what to do here. It's trial and error. Could you do me a scene from Smallville right now? Could you remember one? Oh, fuck no. No, no way. No, the only thing I could do is because fans asked me to say it is, can you say I am the villain of the story? And I go, I am the villain of the story. Thank you. I was watching uh, The Office the other day and, and and Dwight quotes Smallville. Oh, yeah. He did Lex Luthor or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that, yeah. He was on the podcast. I loved him. He was awesome. He's very fun. I, I, the Office has become my... Um, my my show I have on in the background when I'm doing things, I think I think I watch it every day. Yeah, it's, it's a great I show. That, I watch that and Cheers every day. They took Cheers away, and this is the problem with me. I'm I'm getting like I'm getting about my TV shows the same way I am about my music. I don't need new TV shows. <laughs> I know all the good ones. I've got Cheers. I've got All in the Family. I'll tell you how you know you're going old. The channels that I watch on TV advertise. Negative mortgages and life alert necklaces all day to me. I must be a fucking old man. They're like, <laughs> all, all the adverts I watch go, have you fallen and can't get up? And I'm like, oh, no. Sorry, that's my grandmother trying to call me. Maybe she's fallen and she can't get up. Uh, that, could, if it would not be, that wouldn't be funny. I was going to say funny. <laughs> that wouldn't be funny. That wouldn't be, be funny. A coincidence. A coincidence. And I'd remember this moment. And it... Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're talking about memorizing lines and stuff, do you get sort of anxious when you learn lines? Because you did, like, you've done shows. You had your own show, Legit, which people loved, and it got canceled. But, like, you know, I know I remember it bummed you out. But you've, you you study musical theater. You've done things. It's like... Yeah, I... Um, I Legit, I was really proud of Legit. And I... I... Uh, I would have liked to have done... I, I, that's the only... That's the, that's the thing in my career, out of everything. Like, the Jim Jeffries show got canceled. That was fine, and... I've, I, you know, I've had other setbacks and stuff like that, but that's the only thing that I still feel a little bit pissy about is the cancellation of legit because it was moved to FXX, which, and then they were like, oh, the ratings aren't great. And you're like, yeah, you moved us to FXX and it's up in the sports channel and we had no lead in and we had nothing after me. Our lead in was repeats of Mad About You, right? Like what the fuck was meant to happen, right? And so I feel like that show has gained an audience since it was cancelled. It, 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 I get people write to me every day saying they like that show, and I really would have liked to have finished off that storyline. And every now and again, I think about like making a little movie or something just to to wrap it all up. Do like, it. You know, Do it. Yeah, listen. Li now listen. You love doing it. You love a story. It's a personal story. It's a, it's characters you know, characters you grew up with. Uh, uh, you have a disabled friend in it. It's original yeah. and it's dark and it's. And all the, and I think if you love something, it's like, how much would it cost if you shot another ten episodes yourself? I'll I'll will fucking do it. Yeah, that's true. I can shoot it myself and put it on YouTube or something. Yeah. The problem is, if I leave it too long, we have a character that's terminally ill. He should be dead by now. Not <laughs> not in, in in the fictional world. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You, you're picking that's up true. right where you left off, and maybe it looks older, but people get it. Well, no, another idea I've been thinking because you know, do you, you listen to those podcasts that are like the Scrubs one and the Office ones where they mm -hmm. go over each episode? I was thinking of doing one of those for legit. And I don't care if only a hundred people listen to the podcast, if as long as those people are enjoying it, you know what I mean? Like, I was thinking of getting me, Dan Backerroll, and DJ Qualls and, and doing each episode of legit. And then if it was popular enough, my plan is because I, I, I wrote half the scripts already for season three that never happened, I still have them, right? And so I was thinking of doing a radio play to wrap up some of the storylines. <laughs> you should. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, do it with like a like a sound effect guy, like oh, the door. Foley, <laughs> Foley guy, or yeah, exactly. That would be yeah. like an old World of the Worlds. What was it back in the day when they did that radio show? Was it World? Not World of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Orson Welles did War of the Worlds, and people thought it was an actual news broadcast. Right. Because we've had dummies since the dawn of time. It's not just now. You know when you put something on the internet, you go, look at this idiot, and it's like, no, they've always been around idiots. <laughs> hey, do you? how often do you go on stage unprepared? Yeah, so what, what happens is I, I quite often, about once, for about three months every two years, I go out, after I bring out a special, I, go, I, I, I retire all that material, and then I, I'm starting fresh, and I have a vague idea of what I might do, but the material isn't embedded in my head yet. 
And so I go out knowing that I have to talk for an hour and a half and I think I have about five minutes of conversation. I just hope for the best. And it's like, it's very, it's very nerve wracking because you could be playing in front of thousands of people and you're like, all right, I'm going to give it a go. And I never write anything down. I've never written a joke down. So I have no logbook of what I've done. So some people put like a little set list on the floor or something so they can go and check it. And, and so I, so before, before quarantine happened, I just had a new show and I'd done it about 10 times and I was really liking it because I, I'd recorded the special and I was ready to go and I tried it out in clubs and I got it up and running. Same thing now. It's been so long. I don't know what that set was. I know that I talked a long time about the Australian bushfires and that was a lot. It feels like a lifetime ago, but that was February. Australia was on fire. Do you remember that? Yeah. All the koalas. It, wow. Yeah, I remember I donated. I remember it being horrifying. And now you don't even think of that. It's so feels like it's years ago. Oh, yeah, it feels like that's who worries about that. We, we lost like two thirds of the koalas. Unbelievable. All, uh, all right. Hey, listen, this is called shit talk. And this is uh, all my patrons who support the podcast. They get to ask some questions. So it's rapid fire. You just fucking nail it. Just go whatever you want. You want to answer it? Emily asks, what's your favorite place you've traveled for work? Uh, my favorite place to travel for work is I, look, I, I love London. I love, I'm going to London for gigs. I get excited to go to London for gigs and, you know, I spent my twenties there. So I have, you know, a favorite restaurant I want to go to and I have friends that I want to see and I, I go see me, me soccer team Fulham play. And, you know, so I, London's probably my favorite place to travel for work. Mike E big fan. Love your comedy. When, it, when things are better, do you have any plans to try and do another show or make the jump into the big screen? <laughs> well, the problem, I, I've, I've had opportunities to have small parts in films. You know, I've been offered small parts in films here and there. But, but you know, I think people think when you do a movie, it's you get paid millions of dollars. And, and a few people do, but most people don't, right? And, and so whenever I get offered these jobs, they're always just like, it's like it's next month. And it's very hard if you're a touring comic to cancel all your live shows to be able to do it. So I've never been able to do it. If I had some spare time and there was a movie, I would do it for peanuts. I'd love the experience, but I never had the spare time. Would you do a horror movie? I'm not a fan of horror movies, what? but of course I'd do a horror movie. Yeah, all right, when I... When I, do I, do, I, I, I would like to do a drama, but my problem with dramas is this is I've done a few dramatic scenes and they make you really unhappy afterwards. If you, if you have to cry on the screen, you're really sad afterwards. And in comedy, they go cut and then everyone starts laughing. Well, hang on. There's different ways to approach it. Like, thank God, as crazy as I am, I was able to, people would joke because I would be goofing and farting and laughing and ever telling jokes and holding court and the crew's laughing and then we're rolling, Michael, we're rolling camera here and action. All of a sudden I'd jump in and I'd be serious. I couldn't stay serious all the time. I've talked about it, but so I was able to just get in and get out. I couldn't stay into that. I was able to get out of that pretty easily. I couldn't because I would have just probably died. So you have a tough time. Do you ever work with actors who don't get out of character, who do the voice all day at lunch and all that sort of stuff? I've, you know, yeah. I've had people where actors, and you, and you got to respect it, but like, you know, first you start to think, you know, it's, you know, your, your ego, it's like, wait a minute, they don't like me. Is it me? They don't like me. Why are they such a, are they being an asshole? I remember John Glover, who played my father on the show, great actor, won a couple of Tonys, worked with everybody. The pilot episode, man, he was just very, just like, oh, okay. And I'm like, fuck, I got to work with this guy for 10 years or whatever. And um, I was like, shit, man, I don't think he likes me. And then, of course, after the pilot, we talked, and I'm like, I, I thought you didn't like me. He's like, no, I was just really nervous. I was just really in my own head. I was trying to do my... So it's never about you. It's, you, it's always about everybody's got their own method. So if no one... Like, I like to joke, and if it bothers some other actor, uh, he should probably fuck off and go sit somewhere, or I'll go away. So just it's a respect thing, but I don't know, man. If I, I try, I, I can't stay sad. Fuck. Unless here's the thing: if you have to continue being sad in other scenes, you don't want to go for, you know, up and like you want to kind of stay in a moment. If it's if you have to do it again right away, right? I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, it's Teach a nerve-wracking job. The old uh, acting, in the sense that <laughs> it, I, 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 I liken it probably to being an athlete where you don't want the other actors thinking you're shit or the weak link in the team. And it's like, and being a comic, I'm always like, oh, God, I'm not a trained actor. I'm always, I'm way more nervous acting than I am doing comedy. I'm terrified when I go to do acting. 
See, I, and you said that before you hinted about that, dude. And I'm thinking, I, 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 I do the same. When I was doing, I wanted to do stand up. I was like, fuck, I've always wanted to do stand up. People, told, you know, Harland and a bunch of my comedian, Nick Swartz, and they were telling me, do stand up, just do it. And I'm like, I'm terrified. And I'm more terrified because I'm, I have done, I've had success. Like, in other words, I wouldn't be as scared if I, nobody cared or knew me or anything. But to get yeah. up on stage with like guys like you or Swartzen or Joe Rogan, I'm putting myself with the Lions and I'm like, how could I possibly succeed here? And it was so terrifying that everybody was like, dude, fuck everybody else. Do your whatever you think's funny, say it. And they may go, oh, that's fucking amateur hour. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Just keep doing your shit. And it's hard. So the I think it was for me, it was important to hear that to go. Hey man, I'm doing this for me. I mean, fuck, I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna get I'm not gonna think about what they think about me. So when you're acting, you can't think, mm. oh, I'm acting with some guy who's been acting for 20 years. I'm just a comedian. I gotta impress him or I gotta I think you you got it. You went to like fucking theater school or whatever. You, you could do the shit. Right, I went to the, well, I, I'm really looking forward to hopefully we make this show, Jeffries. I'm really looking forward to doing a multicam. I think I'll enjoy very much. But first of all, I'm playing myself, so that's always easier, right? But I, I, I think I'll really enjoy acting in front of a live studio audience if we can. Because that was the first that was the first thing they said to us when the COVID happened. They said, oh, the show's still happening, but there won't be a studio audience. And I was like, fuck. And I was, I remember like, I wasn't arguing, but I was like sort of pleading. I was like, well, what if we bring in our friends and they sign a release form and they all get tested? <laughs> yeah. And, you know what I mean? Jim, you have a hundred friends. Yeah, well, exactly. All you need is thirty people in there, just to know if the jokes are working. And one guy who laughs at anything. <laughs> well, also the thing with the old, uh, with the old people always go with it, like the, the multi-cam sitcoms. They go, "Oh, the canned laughter." It's not canned. It's real laughter. People are there watching and laughing. It's real. Yeah, but sometimes you're like, "How are they laughing at that?" Nine times out of ten, I'm like, "How is that fucking funny?" I can't. Sometimes, I've been on sitcoms, and when you were like, it's the best, all I, you know, I'm like, sorry if I jump, I, I don't know why I jump in like you. Oh, everybody does that because you have a cool accent. So everybody tries to do you. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like shut the fuck up. Just do it, me. Shut the fuck up. So when I was, I, I've done a couple. I did two years on a sitcom, another one year in a sitcom, a pilot, two pilots, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it because it always changed and up till Thursday and then Friday they're throwing new shit at you. And I'm like, fuck, I got to learn all these things. And I don't know what, and it's, it's nerve wracking, like learning things on the fly. I liked in pasta. I thought that was good. <laughs> Thanks. Dude. It was fun, but it wasn't a sitcom. It wasn't live audience. That no, wasn't live audience, but it was funny. Thanks man. I, I loved it. You know, and one of those things is like, it, it went two years and, got good reviews it's like legit right and then all of a sudden yeah. they cancel it and you're like well it lasted two years it's not like i got canceled after a pilot or one season it did made two seasons so you kind of just got to look at the bright side of things man because you could definitely go like fuck what and they were like well we're skewing towards females i'm like all right let it go well i when they when they canceled the jim jeffrey show to begin with i was like huh because like my ratings were okay and it's like I guess people don't want to watch me on TV. I was like a bit down for a couple of weeks, you know. And then, and then what happened was, then what happened was like Comedy Central basically just fired all their executives and everything. <laughs> and now the show, the, the channel is basically the Daily Show, and South Park is all they sort of kept, and they got rid of all other shows. Right. And I was like, oh well, I won't take it personally. Then they got rid of everything. Right. See, that's so, different. They did. Yeah, they just got rid of us. So thanks for bringing yeah, that yeah. up. Lisa H says, "What are your thoughts on the current influx of TikTokers and YouTubers getting Netflix specials and recognition as comedians off a short bit being uploaded to social media?" Yeah, I I try not to be uh, a bitter old man about things like that. Like, oh, these kids today on their TikToking and their other. It's not for me. I don't get it. I don't get this mouthing along with other. There's a lot of TikToks of my stand-up and people doing my stand-up in their car. And, you know what I mean? And I don't quite get it. But if if people are watching it, if they're making millions, there's got to be competition, right? There's got to be a lot of like with, we're saying, oh, these YouTubers, these influencers, they're doing something because millions of people watch them. And so, so you, you've got to give them credit and it, they're, they're prolific. They're bringing out the clip every week and all that type of stuff. I don't, I don't go on social media very much for a couple of reasons. The first reason I don't go on is I don't, I'm not a big fan of social media 
And I, I think I'm also a big believer that sort of people in the limelight or whatever, there should be a bit of mystique around you and people should watch whatever your art is rather than watch you. You know, that's what I think, right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I find nothing worse than watching an actor who, who Insta story is 20 things long for a day. I just go like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing it? Right. <laughs> But that's just me. But also, there's probably an amount that I don't want to go on social media because I don't want to put myself out there and put something out that I think's funny and then people are like, well, this isn't funny. You know what I mean? So I'd rather just leave it alone and do my stand-up. And, and so I think it's very ballsy to be a, a prolific TikToker or YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. like, there must be some skill there. So just because it's not for me uh, doesn't mean that it, it shouldn't happen. Chris F., do you think having a child has changed how you do stand-up? Um, yeah, of course. Well, it, it, it changed how I did stand-up in the sense that I talk about him a lot on stage. Um, <laughs> also, also, I, I, I am conscious of um, being as much of a douchebag as I was on stage because my son might watch it. But then there's the other argument that all the old stand-up footage already exists. So, you know, I, I assume at one stage you'll be embarrassed of me. He might be proud of me, but he almost also might be embarrassed of me. How old is he? He's seven. Have you ever sat down with him and go, look, this is who your dad is. I don't recommend some of the, doing some of the things I've done but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be very honest with you. How, or is he just too young to even talk about that stuff? I, he's too young for that, but I will have that talk. And I, I prepare that talk in my head on a daily basis. Will you be sober? <laughs> but you reckon I'm going to be racking up in front of him? No, I, I didn't think. Around, I got a belt around my arm and a spoon. <laughs> Give me a drunk Jim Jeffries. How would you a drunk Jim Jeffries sound? Well, I, this is the thing. People. I know people, you're not a drunk. Now, nah, I don't, you know, a drink. You don't, people have this perception because you talk about things on stage. So I still have the, I, I gave up drinking for a long time. And I still have the occasional drink now in quarantine. Very okay. And I don't drink when I work anymore. I don't drink on stage any longer and i don't drink if i'm working on a tv show anymore because i used to do that whilst i was doing that and that wasn't good for me uh, now i do it occasionally but the problem i have is i think i mumble um uh naturally anyway and i think because of the accent sometimes i'll do a show stone sober and then afterwards a review will be like he was drunk as fuck and you're like no, I wasn't. I just, you know, and I've been, I've been for auditions where, where, where my representatives have been like, he showed up drunk, and I'm like, no, it's just, I'm just Australian. So <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. Maybe my voice has a bit of damage in it from the past still. Maybe. All right, dude, this has been awesome. So what's going on right now? What can people watch? What do you want people to watch? What are you looking forward to? Well, watch, watch my, uh, my podcast. Apart from that, my stand-up special, Intolerant, is now out on Netflix. And apart from that, uh, I, you know, I watched the morning show on Apple. I enjoyed that. I suggest people watch that. That was my favorite show of the year. Nice. And you're like, <laughs> you're keeping busy. You're honestly like, if if you if you're not busy, is is does the darkness come out? Do you feel like anxious? Do you get no, depressed? I, I, what I have learned from quarantine is that I think I'm going to be well prepared for retirement. I think I'm going to be all right with it. You know, a lot of people in the entertainment industry, they worry that they'll be forgotten. And I think I wouldn't mind that. I think that'll be okay. You know what? If you truly believe that, that's actually a really good thing to feel. And be, if you're honest with yourself, because honestly, if you could say, you know, I really don't care if people remember me. I really don't care if I didn't have any impact. I really don't. Well, I, I tried my best and I, I, I made a, I'm, I've made a lot of people laugh and you know over the years and and if if uh, if it all fades away I'm used to you know like the thing with Joan Rivers right up until she died was just like if, if there's no dates in the diary if you'll be forgotten you'll be forgotten and I'm like that must have been a very stressful way to live she was in her 80s worried she was going to be forgotten and it's like just relax and you know what I mean? Just you've made some money, sit back and enjoy it. And what does it matter? Think about it. I mean, when you're gone, no, when we it, die, it, it, what? It, the... it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And the people who like you will like you, and they'll get to watch it. The footage will always be there, and you know, and uh, the people who don't like you, hopefully, they don't 
spend that much time worrying about how much they don't like you. I'm amazed by the haters in this world that put so much energy into hate. It's like is it, there's there's bands and there's comedians and there's things that I don't like and what I do is I don't watch them. <laughs> so easy. So why get on and harass you if you don't like you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like why are you why are you here? You see that all the time. You're like I hate this music. Well, don't go see them play in concert at the Hollywood yeah, Bowl. Yeah. I'm not going to go see him. I'm not going to see him, yeah. I don't know. I think people get bored. They just want to hate. They want to express themselves. Why are you watching a YouTube clip of an artist you don't like? So weird. It is weird. Dude, I love this, man. I love having you on. And uh, honestly, if you ever need a guest, let me know. All right, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, Another fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, If you don't know Jim, check out his specials. It just makes me laugh. I I just love that story about his mother how you know and i was like the shit that he would do on stage and he got he would get himself in trouble and yeah. the family would all be like well what, 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 you know what, what's this i just i just think it's so funny and then like you know uh his mom wouldn't say anything to him she's like you know i did this so i'm allowing you to do this and mm-hmm. i just find it kind of fascinating i go well tell one of those stories he goes no no mate no no <laughs> it fucking it's a shit storm about to-. he's a lot of fun he uh he got a little personal the last time and uh I wouldn't say he's an open book. He likes to joke and laugh, but uh you know, trying to get a little serious isn't as easy sometimes with mm-hmm. certain people, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I I could tell when we talked about his uh, you know, drinking and I'm like, you know, obviously you talk about it on stage and all this stuff. You could tell he was a little sensitive, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, Well, I don't mean you're you do that now. It's like, no, no, you know, I'm too fucking old and I got all this stuff going on. You know, I, and I totally buy that. I just, I, I think I, I thought he was, uh, he thought I was insinuating that you're, you're a drunk. You're a, I was like, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you, you know, you talk about that. You had this persona mm-hmm. and, uh, I just don't think he wants to get offered cocaine on the street anymore. Yeah. You know, that was, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Hey, you want some coke, Mike? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had that, that we've all had people come up and say, you want some coke? Oh, no. Oh, unless they recognize you. I haven't had one go, oh, you're Lex Luthor. You want to do some heroin? Uh, what? <laughs> no. no you know what i haven't had that. how does that track uh thanks so much for uh for listening guys i really appreciate it and uh if this is the first time if you just came here because you're a jim jeffries fan it'd be awesome if you uh subscribe you know follow the handles at inside you podcast on instagram and facebook and at inside you pod on twitter write a review watch the youtube or on youtube you can watch it you can listen to it anywhere so thanks and all my patrons Thank you so much. Before I get into the patrons, Rob Danson and I, Stage It. Go to stageit.com, type in Rosenbaum and Danson. We're doing two shows this coming Saturday, um, the 29th, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, covers, uh, originals, some Left on Laurel, uh, the band I was in before, and um, it's a lot of fun. They're prizes, Zooms. You know, Some people get like we send, dedicate a certain song to you, and we'll we'll text it to you. So we'll play any song you want you just just go to stage.com and type in rosenbaum and dance and it's a lot of fun and we're working on our album i guess i should talk about these wonderful people who uh, really give to the show and that's the patrons mm-hmm. let's read them out let's read them out you guys ready for this so nancy d leah s trisha f sarah v little lisa yukiko jill e brian h lauren g nico p i'm compelled i'm one like i know these people now so it's reading their names i want to say more but then you'd be here for four hours. Barry I, Angelina G, Robin S, Jerry W, Emily K, Bob B, Robert B, Jen, I almost said Jensen Ackles, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Tom N, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Hamza. There's certain names you just remember. Hamza, Yukiko, Raj. You just, you know, Jennifer N, Stacy B, I think Bryce does that purposely. just puts them intermittently throughout the thing. So, so it's not all on a row. It doesn't sound right. like a superhero team. Yeah. Jennifer Nandriello. Stacy B. Carly T. Jennifer S. Janelle B. Tabitha 272. Not to be confused with Tabitha. 273. Kimberly E. Crystal H. Mike E. Marissa N. Ramira. Beth B. Chris F. Chad W. Leanne P. Jackie P. Rodrigo S. Rachin. Rachin. Ray A, Maya P, Megan D, Jennifer S, Maddie S, Tiffany I, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Margie M, Thomas T, Matt W, Belinda N, Benjamin R, Lisa J, Kevin V, Robert S, Joy W, 
Nicole M, Amber F, James R, Chris H, Snow, Snow R, Snow R, Noah K, and Sean V. Uh, you guys are amazing, and I appreciate it. Uh, also, everybody, uh, go to the online store. Got some new inside beach towels. Got some mugs, autographed mugs. New women's V-neck fitted t-shirts. They're going fast. Ryan? Yeah. Are you, uh, you got a good weekend coming up? Is there anything fun? I mean, just more, more of the same stuff, you know, because we are in this situation. So, no. Do you have anything fun? I know you went golfing. We're like Wolf Blitzer. We're in the situation room. We're in the situation room. Uh, you know, uh, I do enjoy golfing. So, I, you know, when you're with one person and you're on the course and it's just, I feel like I'm, oh, it's okay. I might have to start because all of my rec league sports got canceled, like softball and soccer. Yeah, I can't play hockey. I can't play anything. So I might have to golf or something. If you want to golf, take it up, man. I just started like a couple weeks ago, and uh, I am hitting balls. <laughs> all right, guys. We love you. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, please keep listening and watching, subscribing, and all that stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.